Wednesday, it's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, Matt Catarizola, good to have you in here on a Wednesday. Uh, we're in the dark. Um, yeah, I can't even see you guys right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. We're in the dark, uh, which actually, I- I'm going to be honest with you. So normally we have lights right over our head. Um and it's actually kind of keeping me a little cool, the fact that there's no light. Right now, I'm actually feeling this right now. Well, Evan's not in the dark. Evan, Evan is not in the dark. Evan's Evan, got like a spotlight Evan, almost. Evan has like a soft glisten yeah. right, right over him. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, angelic freak. <laughs> angelic Evan. I like um, it. All right, so plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, every Wednesday, we do Is He Worth It at the end of the show. Barrington Grant, U.S. Sports Pages, joins us at 1230. Um, so I saw something on another radio show yesterday, um, where it was Joe Burrow versus other NFL quarterbacks. And I thought that the host that was doing the segment was butchering it. And I, I, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe who he was taking over Joe Burrow and it was over the next it was over the next 10 years so i'm going to redo it and i'm going to do it correctly so that's coming up in a little bit as well uh but first i do want to get into this because this seems to be a hot topic right now um i saw a question posed and they said if joe burrow and trevor lawrence were coming out of the same draft if they were both draft eligible this year, they would clearly be one and two. But who, if you were the Cincinnati Bengals, who would you take? And here's the thing. My answer is going to surprise you because people know me. I would take Joe Burrow. And it isn't because I think Joe Burrow is better than Trevor Lawrence. But I think the situation matters more for Cincinnati than it would for Trevor Lawrence. Think about this for a second. Joe Burrow, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, you're watching the national championship thinking, uh, you'd be going into the national championship thinking, all right, well, we're going to take one of these two guys. Let's, let's, Let's watch it, right? You watching Joe Burrow, and he's absolutely decimating defenses. Okay, he's had the best statistical season in college football history. I think he's probably he probably is going to go down as one of the best college quarterbacks to ever live. I mean, Joe Burrow is literally making himself out to be a legend at LSU and having a legendary season. D- Trevor Lawrence got his butt kicked in that game, quite frankly. Now, again, put him side by side. I think Trevor Lawrence is the most more attractive prospect. I think he has more traits that I like. I mean, he's faster. He's more athletic. I think his arm is stronger. Um, 
you know, there are a lot of things about Trevor Lawrence that I like. He's a little bit bigger. The, uh, Trevor Lawrence, is, I think, is the best quarterback prospect that we've seen in a long time. But Joe Burrow, coming off the season that, he, that he's having, he does have great traits. He's go, he, going to be the number one overall pick. I mean, it isn't like you're going to be reaching for Joe Burrow at all. The, Joe Burrow's the hometown guy. He's from the Ohio area. He's having a great season, uh, had a great season, completed 76% of his throws, right? He played for one of the best college football teams in uh, in history. I, I mean, and he really is responsible, okay? If you think about it, like, there have been a lot of great teams that have great NFL players, but until they get quarterback, coach, until they get all that right, it, it doesn't really matter. All the talent kind of goes to waste. They, they're not all the way there. Joe Burrow put LSU at a different level. And the way that I see this, again, is if you're Cincinnati, where do the optics lie? You know, do the optics fall under, all right, well, Trevor Lawrence might be the better pro prospect, but we kind of know what we're getting with Joe. We, we, we do know what we're getting here, okay? He is from around here, so he would be, embraced here just like anybody else would or more than anybody else would and don't you think that it would be easier to sell to my fan base if we say yeah we're gonna take the LSU quarterback that dominated top 20 defenses throughout the entire season played in the SEC the last number of games he's dropped over 40 in pretty much every game we're going to take that guy instead of the guy that played in the ACC, went undefeated, struggled early in the year, and then got his butt kicked in the national championship. You got to take your pick there. Like I said, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is the better prospect, and I think another year under his belt is going to do him a lot of good. But if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to kind of think to yourself, okay, well, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I got to take Burrow. I got to take him. The optics are better. Right now, he looks like he's the better player. He's Again, he's from here. He does have great traits, great leadership. He's a little older. He's further in the development. Okay, he fits a little bit better from what we want to do. Right, Ed Orgeron and uh, Joe Brady and guys like that, they, they, they came together and... and brought in a very West Coast-style offense, and Zach Taylor runs that very same scheme. That He fits a little bit better. Joe Burrow, I think, still would be the pick here. So it's interesting to think about this. I think Trevor Lawrence is the better prospect, but I think the uh, I think that the optics of the situation lean towards the Bengals taking Burrow. Am I crazy? I don't, like, you know me. Like, I think that Trevor Lawrence is the better prospect, but Joe Burrow, I think, makes more sense for the Bengals. It's also something where I think it's also like, not say, not say looking at the moment, but it's also basing on the season, right? Who had the better season? Well, Joe Burrow did. Who, was, who won the national championship? Joe Burrow did. Who won the Heisman? Who won the Heisman? Joe Burrow did. Who had the better year statistically and everything all around? Joe Burrow did. So, it, it, I think it also has to go. It also has to go along with season-wise. I mean, 
coming out of the, coming out of college last year. I'm oh, sorry, 2018. Who had the better, who was probably overall better in college, Sam Donald? But who had the better year in their final seasons in college? Baker Mayfield did, and I think that's also one of the reasons why Baker got was number one over over Donald to Cleveland. So I think that also plays a factor. It probably does, Joe, but. Joe Burrow being Joe Burrow being having a better year than Lawrence probably will put him at number one over Lawrence if, if Lawrence came out this year, and I and I also think Cincinnati because he's a hometown he's a hometown kid from Ohio, you know you're, the Bengals are in a way like that kind of tempted to take him because again hometown boy and everything hometown kid and everything like that, and was, and again he has the intangibles you like he has I said yesterday he doesn't make any mistakes there's really yeah he, he just he doesn't really make any mistakes well because he's developed I mean he it, people got to remember Joe Burrow's a 23 year old fifth year senior right like he he's been in college football all, I mean he played for Ohio State spent the last two years at LSU and I mean, he's played for two powerhouse programs. He played for Urban Meyer. Then he played for Ed Orgeron in this brilliant system with these unbelievable wide receivers. Like, it's, like Joe Burrow has had everything in his favor in order to succeed. He really has. I mean, it, this state, you know, the stage in which he's in in his development is a lot further than Trevor. But as of this moment, I, if I'm the Bengals, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm anybody else, but if I'm the Bengals right now, if I have the number one pick in this year's draft, Joe Burrow makes more sense. And people are going to call me weird for that and, con- and like I contradict myself because I'm, everybody knows how in love I am with Trevor Lawrence, but Joe Burrow makes more sense now. Well, that's that, and again, that that whole that all points back to what Burrow did this year. No one saw what Joe Burrow did coming this year. Nobody did. Coming into the season, it was Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Oh yeah, you know Ju- Justin Herbert. That that was the names of the quarterbacks coming into this season, and even Sam Ellinger from Texas. Those are all the names. All of a sudden, here comes LSU with this kid, Joe Burrow. It's like, whoa, who, who, Burrow, whoa, who, well, who are you? Where'd you come from? You know, well, here's- he, he played with Ohio State, transferred over to LSU. And he just lit, he just lit the league on fire, lit, lit all college football on fire. Well, here's here's the the story that I love because, uh, like Ohio State was choosing their they can only keep one of their quarterbacks, right? So they chose one of their quarterbacks. They let <laughs> they let Joe Burrow walk, and people were just like, "Oh, what a mistake Ohio State made letting Joe Burrow go." I'm like, like, do we not remember how it was only a year ago how great Dwayne Haskins was? Like, Dwayne Haskins was special at Ohio State. He really, the guy threw 50 touchdowns. It's not that he made a wrong decision. I love that. I love that whole thing. I, mean, uh, I can't believe they let Joe Burrow go. Dwayne spent, Haskins was unbelievable. And Burrow spent his first two years backing up JT Barrett, who also was He was a pretty, winner in Ohio who, State. Yeah, also was pretty good there. Pretty good, right, he exactly. He was a winner over there. Well, Ohio State's fine at quarterback. They, they, they made all the right decisions at quarterback. They had Dwayne Haskins... They have Dwayne Askins last year, and then they moved on to Justin Fields this year. Justin Fields is going to be a number is going to be the number two overall pick next year. Like it's just they're fine at quarterback. At let's the, to- be, let's at the be time, real. letting Burrow go is probably the most the smartest and most predictable move that they could have made with the, in terms of quarterback depth. Right. If right. Look, and if Lawrence would have, if Lawrence did come out this year, and they both came out in the same year. Washington has a quarterback. Speaking of Haskins, they're number two. The Giants have a quarterback. They're number four. Detroit, they have Stafford. You can make the case. Well, Stafford's been there for over a decade. They've never won a playoff game with him. 
he's had injuries, but you, but still Stafford's. I wouldn't be great. surprised he's, if Detroit entertains quarterback this year. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. And now that leads to the Dolphins number five, and obviously right there, that's where Lawrence would go. Lawrence would go number five to the Dolphins, if anything else. Right. Lawrence feels like Miami. Does he not? No. Yeah, he does. I don't feel that. Why? Why does he feel that? Long hair? Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. I, that's not Southern California to you? It is. It is. Like, but... that's way more SoCal to me than... All right, so what, uh, he... Ooh, yeah, Chargers, maybe? Okay, I'd buy that. Ooh. I'd buy that. That's sexy, you know? Williams, yeah. Allen, possibly Melvin Gordon coming back, Hunter Trevor. Henry. Trevor. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. Chargers would be six in this. Chargers are six in this draft. No, what ends up? What's? How about this? What ends up happening is is that the Chargers go whatever they want in the first round this year, right? They they just take like a defensive tackle or mm-hmm. whatever they they do. They draft an offensive lineman, whatever. They draft Travis Etienne in the second round this year to play running back if they can't get Gordon, and then take they Trevor get, next year. They get Lawrence next Ooh, year. That'd be kind of cool. That would be really. That'd be cool. really cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. All right. Ooh, now I'm excited. All right, coming up next, I want to do this. I want to. I want to see where we lie on this. Joe Burrow versus the NFL. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to tell you which quarterbacks I would take over Joe Burrow over the course. Of, I'm going to do. It was over the course of the next ten. I'm going to do over the course of the next five. I think that's more obtainable right now. That's coming up next. The Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Matt here in a, uh, what's today? Wednesday? That's Wednesday. It's a Wii Sports Wednesday. Oh, it is Wii Sports Wednesday. I totally forgot about that. Wednesday. Uh, All right. So let's do it, Ev. Let's do uh, Joe Burrow versus the NFL. I am going to revise this because I think everybody that's done it has... Done it completely wrong, so I'm gonna do, and, I'm gonna fix this. And college football, you're putting college football in here. Correct. Kind okay, of. so I'm actually gonna go to the college football ranks. I'm gonna say Joe Burrow against Trevor Lawrence for the next five years. Yes, I would probably take Trevor. When Lawrence gets to the NFL. Yes, I would probably take Trevor. I think Trevor's a better prospect. He's a better athlete. Uh, he, he's bigger. I think his arm is a little bit stronger. Uh, he's uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. I think he's the best quarterback prospect that we've seen in a long time, probably since Andrew Luck, but maybe even since before Andrew Luck. Maybe since Elway. Andrew Luck, if he were to come back. You just mentioned Andrew Luck. That just came out of my head. For the next five years, I would take Luck. If you were to Luck's, come Yeah, if, if Luck were to come uh, Luck's an established top five quarterback in the NFL. I... I would take Luck. Like, that. that's pretty easy to make. Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson? Uh, for the next five years, I would probably take Lamar. But I, I would take Lamar by the skin of their, by the skin of his teeth because I think for the next five years, he's going to be more unique. He's going to be more special. Um, he's not going to get figured out up to, up to that point. If we're going to do over the course of their entire careers, I would probably take Burrow. But in the next five years, I would take Lamar Jackson. This is a pop. This is this is one that keeps getting brought up in this conversation. Baker Mayfield. Oh, Joe Burrow by a lot. I would take Joe Burrow 
every single time. Uh, I'm not kidding. Joe Burrow, I think, would... If the Browns had the opportunity to draft Joe, Joe Burrow... I'll, I'll say this. If the Browns were to dra- had the opportunity to draft Joe Burrow in the draft, the Browns would be the favorite in the AFC North next year. Wow. I, I, I think there it is that Browns, big of a leap. If the Browns drafted Joe Burrow, they'd be a favorite in the AFC North? Yes. They'd be the favorite. They would be the favorite. Ah, because I think here's the thing, Evan. Even over think, the Ravens? Uh, yes, because I think well, because I think the Ravens are due for. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to call it a setback, but I think they're, well, they're not winning 14 games. That's, that's Everyone, what I mean. Is I don't think that. they're going to win four. I don't think they're going to go 14 and two. They can go 10 and six. They can go 11 and five. They're your regression but, candidate for 2020. I mean, well, I mean, depending on. Regression. I guess if you want to look at it that way, but I still think the Ravens are going to be really good, but. I don't know. The Browns, I think, would be the favorite to win the AFC North if they drafted Joe Burrow. That's asking a lot of a rookie, and I'll tell you, you're right. You also, you also it got, is. You also got to wonder if the coaching, again, the coaching. For, I think coaching had a lot. No, to do, I, 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 a lot I'm with to you. Do with their failure this past year. But Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are a lot like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I think that's well, also LSU guys. Both LSU guys too, ironically. But I'm telling you right now, I. I Joe Burrow, I would take Joe Burrow heavily over Baker. Joe Burrow or Sam Darnold? Oh, that's a good one. That was my next one. No, <laughs> oh, that's really tough. I would take Joe Burrow. See, I, and it, I, I would say, like, over the next five years, I think we could see Darnold turn into a really nice quarterback. I think Sam Darnold is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. What he's done these But last I think years? Joe Burrow is. Uh, Joe Burrow. I think it's just going to be a better player. Like, there's more things that Joe Burrow's good at than Sam Darnold. What Sam, what Sam Darnold has, Sam Darnold, Joe, Sam Darnold takes, uh, Joe Burrow takes, probably takes care of the football coming out of college more than Sam Darnold did coming out of college and currently in the NFL. But what Darnold has done these first two years with no offensive line at all is respect, is really impressive to me. Yeah, I, I, really I, have a, I have a weird one. Go for it. Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray? Ooh, that was my next one. I'm reading your mind right now. That was my next one. Over the next five years. Five years. That is really tough. Uh, I would take Kyler Murray. Wow. And I would take him really again. He's kind of like uh, he's kind of like Lamar. You like, barely take Murray. Kyler Murray. I think, depending on what is built around him in Arizona next year, I think Kyler Murray's got a chance to have a Lamar-like season next year, too. Mm. Like I, th- I think Kyler Murray is more throw than more throw than run. Lamar Jackson's a little bit more run than throw. but Kyler has a better arm. Ky- yeah, Kyler's got a little bit of a better arm. He's more developed as a thrower. But I, I think Kyler could take a big leap next year, so I would take Kyler Murray. Matt, cover your ears. Next guy. They're coming after Jones, and a touchdown to lend it to Caden Smith. Danny, most bittersweet, time. Mo- the most bittersweet Smith's moment of my entire sports fan game. career. You won, but you Dan- lost Chase Young. Dan- Daniel Jones threw that touchdown pass, ensuring that Chase Young is going to be burying him into the turf for the next 10 years. Danny, uh. jo- Daniel Jones. Uh, I would take Joe Burrow. I would take Burrow too. 
I take Burrow too. But uh, listen, that's not but a knock I on. Believe. That's not a knock on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I think, is going to be really good. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to be really good. He showed a lot of stuff last year. He will be. He can make. He can make all the throws. He, he really can, and good. he's athletic. Mm-hmm. I, Daniel Jones is a better athlete than Joe Burrow is, but I think Joe Burrow's accuracy and his intangibles are better than Daniel Jones. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad about that. That's fine. All right. Uh, we another weird one. Joe Burrow or Jimmy Garoppolo? Joe Burrow. Yeah. I would take Joe Burrow over Jimmy J. And like, here's the thing. Like, I think because I'm trying to play this off as if, all right, if you put Joe Burrow in San Francisco's offense. Like, I think Joe Burrow would do either the same or more wait, than wait, what wait, Jimmy wait. G's so, doing. So, are you comparing them as individuals, or are you saying if Joe, Joe Burrow as individuals. Was, was in that situation? No, individuals. Okay, I'm going to say individuals. That's, that's yeah. a lot different. No, because I, no, I don't want to compare situations. I want to compare who the player is. Right. So, I would take Joe. I, I think Joe Burrow's better than Jimmy G. Like, J- Joe Burrow is more talented than Jimmy G. All right, next one. On second and nine, Kerr. Carr, rather. Carr to the end zone. Seth Roberts with the catch. Derek touchdown. Carr. Uh, I would take Burrow over Carr. I would take Burrow over Carr. They're actually kind of alike a little bit. They actually play like each other a little bit. Derek Carr's accurate. Yeah, he's got good pocket awareness. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is just like uh, Joe Burrow is going to develop into more than what Derek Carr will. All right, Evan. I, I feel like this was. I I don't know why, but I have a feeling this was going to be either your next one or one that you already had in mind. Burrow or Dak Prescott? Ooh, that wasn't on my. That no? was actually, that was no, not okay. that was not going to be my next one. But yeah, that's a good one. Interesting right. one. Dak Prescott. You know it's. <sighs> It's tough, but I would take right Burrow. Mm. I would take Burrow over Dak. And and I like Dak. I really do. But I, I think Burrow is... Burrow's a special talent. Dak is not. Like, I think Burrow is going to have success in the NFL without top-grade talent. Dak has yet to prove that he can win without it. So, I'm going to... I am gonna. I would take Burrow over Dak. Next guy. Right there, Merciless gets him at the six-yard line. And now Watson from his end zone, and he wants it all. Ooh. And what an effort by Sean Watson. That's Ooh, a that, really tough one. That's a really good one. That's a really tough one. God, because I think Joe Burrow is going to be so good, but... I still think I'd go with Watson. I'm going to Yeah, I, I would probably take Deshaun Watson. I'm going to take Watson, I would yeah. take Deshaun Watson. Because, like I said, I don't think Deshaun Watson's a special talent either. But he's already proven himself to be a top 7-8 quarterback in the entire NFL. And I think he's only going to get better. He's great late in games. I, I mean... I, I, I would take Watson. Close, but I would take Watson. Joe Burrow or Carson Wentz? That's a really good one. Because um, Wentz is that supreme talent. Yeah, you gotta you gotta consider the injuries, right? You Wentz, to, you have to. That's right. That's, that's my no, deal. That's really the only reason why I'm even debating this. Because of, of Wentz's injury history. I would, I would, I would take Wentz. Like, I, I, it's close, but I would take Carson Wentz. That's a tough one. Uh, Wentz is more talented than Burrow is. He just, he just is. I think Burrow is special as a player, but 
Carson Wentz is supremely talented. Brought up Wentz onto this guy. And now Goff with time can find okay. open guy. I was thinking about this one too. So Jared Goff. It'd be Jared Goff. There was a while, there was a point where I thought Goff was better than Wentz. I'm not sure I believe that anymore. But right now, I would take Goff. Mm. I would take Goff over Burrow right now. Be, look, Goff's gone to a Super Bowl. Like, I, yeah. I can't, you know, uh, Jared Goff. Here's the thing. Like, when Jared Goff's offensive line gives him even a little bit of protection, Jared Goff's really good. He's really good. Okay. When he had, yeah, listen, in 2018, when they went to the Super Bowl, like, everything really was going clicking. right for that. Everything was clicking. Their, their wide receiving core was the best in the league. Got, Gurley was still Gurley at that time. The offensive line was really the good. The offensive line was healthy. You know, everyone everyone was still, you know, McVay was still coach, like, coach of the year. He still is, but... Defense Mc, was stronger. McVay was really showing what he was what he was working with. Right. Uh, the defense still had all those pieces. They still had Peters. They still had Sue. It's tough, but it, I, it's, I, it is a lot of a lot of things on that team contributed to why they made it to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying Goff didn't, but a lot of a lot of reasons contributed to why they they made that Super Bowl run. Yeah. Other than Goff, I would take Jared Goff. All right, let's go back to the college ranks. This guy. 25. Play fake. Field. Ohio State's Justin Fields. Jeremy. That beat just had me like. That was crazy. My, that ear, bass, my ears were like. Yeah, I know. My, that bass like got me a little bit excited. That was sick. Um, Burrow or Justin Fields? I would take Burrow. I like Burrow a little bit more, but Fields is gonna be really good too. But I, I take Burrow. Uh, um, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? Joe Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow, yeah. I, I like Josh Allen a lot, too, but the accuracy with him I'm not sure is ever going to get there, and Joe Burrow is going to have it from day one. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? I know. In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. For the next five years, I would take Rodgers. I would take Aaron Rodgers. But uh, listen, I I think Aaron Rodgers is like slowly, but I think he is kind of progressively getting a little bit worse. Like he's he's hitting the decline. He's getting hurt a little bit more. The arm is not as special as it used to be. I mean, part of this has to do with the fact that he's lacking perimeter players. Like he does not have great wide receivers. He's got one really good one and then he has nothing. So that plays a factor into it, but I would. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still the crazy talent, proven winner, and over the next five years, I would still take Aaron. Five years, let me think. Okay, here, here, let's do this. It's Joe Burrow or Tua. Hmm. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, because I think... Is that like the Wentz thing? You have, you're looking at the injuries? Part of it's injuries, but I also think Burrow's better than Tua. Like, I... 
I think Burrow's more accurate than Tua. I don't think that Tua's that much better of an athlete. I re- Tua's not, Tua is not crazy athletic. You know, one thing that gives Tua an advantage is that he's a good decision maker and he's left-handed. But I would, I would take Burrow over Tua. I, I would. I, I think Burrow's got. Burrow has those intangibles that I have yet to see from Tua. Joe Burrow versus Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win. Kirk Cousins. I would take Burrow, and I like I like Cousins, but I would take Burrow. Burrow or Jameis Winston? Burrow. Oh yeah, Bur- <laughs> Burrow. Burrow by a lot. Jameis Winston puts up a lot of. He's the best worst quarterback I've ever seen. He puts Joe up, Burrow's going to put up thirty touchdowns and throw and, four picks. And throw ten interceptions. Jameis Winston's going to go. Going to throw thirty touchdowns and throw thirty picks. Same division. Matt. Ryan. Matty Ice. This one's really hard. Because Matt Ryan, like, people don't under... I feel like people don't understand how good Matt Ryan really is. Like, Matt Ryan is very good over the next five years. Matt Ryan's 34. I would... God, that's really hard. Um... All right, I would, I would probably take Matt Ryan. Okay. I mean, that's really tough. That's not but crazy. I would, like, that's not crazy. I'd probably take Matt Ryan. Because again, like, it, it, I, they probably are gonna in the in the next five years, they're probably gonna have the same amount of good years, right? That Joe Burrow, I think, is gonna have three to four good years in those five years, and so is Matt Ryan. Except. Matt Ryan's going to get those good years early. Joe Burrow's going to get those good years late. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I would probably take Matt Ryan earlier. We haven't, we haven't brought him up yet. Here we go. Seahawks have converted four I, he's my next one. Wilson, lock it, touchdown, Seattle. Russell, Literally my next one. Russell Wilson. Uh, this one's easy. I would take Russell Wilson. I take Russell. Russell Wilson's I would, only thirty-one. I, yeah. I, and to be honest, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, I think is the best quarterback in the NFL. I, I wouldn't, yeah, I, that one's easy to me. That one's easy. Okay. Joe Burrow. Ah. I'm trying to think of like the ones we haven't said that like aren't ridiculously obvious. You know. Right. Because I feel like there are a few. Hmm. There is there is a quarterback we haven't brought up yet. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. In the NFL, Evan? In the NFL, yeah. He started this year? Started every game, including the playoffs. He's Sorry. out right now. I'll start every game, including the playoffs. Uh, oh. uh, wait! Wait! Okay, uh, yeah, Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't the one, Ev? Like, Actually, no, that wasn't. I was going to say Drew Brees. Oh, eh, I would take Burrow. I would probably take Burrow over Brees. Brees is just getting older. Brees is 41. And to be today, honest with you, today, Joe actually. Burrow Joe Burrow has Drew Brees-like accuracy. Happy, you know birthday, I mean? happy birthday, Drew Brees, by the way. Oh, it is Drew Brees' yeah, birthday? 41 years old today. One of the true role models of the game. Oh, yeah. 
And I don't understand how he wasn't on the NFL top 100 list. I mean that was that was that was ridiculous. Number one in completions, touchdowns, and, and yeah, passing for real. Yards. Come on, give me a break. Every guys. like, let's every, go. Every quarterback statistical category. Yeah, like, the, listen, let's li- come on. We're we're gonna take Sammy Ball over Drew Brees. Otto Graham over. Yeah, Drew come on, Brees. seriously. If you played in the forties, yeah, like, seriously, if, in the leather helmet area, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it. But. No. All right, give me a give me a couple more. Uh, um. I'm hoping to get like a really controversial one. There, like that, we've said all like the really, you've said all like the good. Oh, 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 okay. Um, Joe Burrow or Ben Roethlisberger? I would take Joe Burrow. Okay. I would take Joe Burrow over Ben, especially after the arm injury with Ben. I would take Joe Burrow. Ben is 37, so okay, I would take I would take Burrow also. I would take Burrow. I would take Burrow over Stafford. Listen, I, I I really like Matthew Stafford, but I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in NFL history. I I, I do. I, I like Joe Burrow. I, I'm sorry, Matthew Stafford. I'm not sure was ever in the top twelve ever in his career. Like I just Matt Stafford doesn't do it for me. At all. Talented. And he's a good player. But I, I don't know. Like, Matt Stafford is a lot closer to... Like, he's a lot closer to Kirk Cousins than he is to Aaron Rodgers. And he might not be as good as Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think we went through all the NFL ones. Next five years, Burrow or Justin Herbert? There you go. That's a good one. That just beats funky. Uh, Burrow. I, I think Burrow's QB1. Even though I, I, I would take Herbert over Tua, but I, 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 would, take, I would take Burrow over Herbert. Mm. Good mm. player. Mm. Really good player. What, are we out of him already? No, no, no. Pretty much. Eh, just because just, just we're running the... I guess we're just running them down now. Uh, Burrow or Cam Newton? Burrow. Burrow over Cam. All right. Jacob Eason. <laughs> Burrow over Eason, yeah. I like Eason a lot. I think Eason's going to be really good, but I would take Burrow over Eason. Burrow or Haskins? Burrow. Burrow. But here's here's the thing. So the reason I'm doing this is because, like, the people that were, that were, that were doing this segment were, they, they, they were taking, like, uh, uh, they were taking like freaking Jimmy Garoppolo over over Joe Burrow for the next ten years. I'm like, ten years is different really, than five years. Do you though. really think that? Do you really think that Joe Burrow is never going to be? See, like, like Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to be a top ten quarterback in this league. See, like, He's when, never going to see, be. See, like that. when I think about it like this, like the next ten years, I would take I would take some quarterbacks for the next ten years, but there are some quarterbacks I would take for the next five years. Like for example, I would take Burrow for the next five ten years, but I would take Lamar Jackson and Kyler for the next five years, just because of the. Their well, style yeah, over the next ten, different. I would probably take Burrow over Kyler and Lamar. The, the longevity differentiates because of their style of play. So that's where you have to kind of realize that time does matter. So 10 years to one player is essentially the same as five years to another. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, production-wise. You know what I'm saying? No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm just... 
Yeah, all, all right. right. So there we I go. Think, yeah, I think that's it. That's Joe Burrow versus the, the NFL <laughs> versus the boss. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. All right. Any, any high school quarterbacks they got? Any big high school quarterback recruits? <laughs> Coming out of college? Going to college? All right. Barrington Grant, U.S. Sports Pages, next. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to be back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Matt here on a Wednesday. Barrington Grant on the line. Uh, do we have him this time, or is this going to be one of those times where the phone just miraculously doesn't... Well, I wouldn't say miraculously, but like sporadically doesn't work. There you go. Hey, look at this. What's up, Barry? How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. So let's get into this. So the national championship game, I bought in all the hype. I was actually really excited with how the game turned out. Uh, Regardless of the result, I thought it was a really good football game. But uh, Joe Burrow, I think, had a – it was a historic season for him, obviously. And Trevor Lawrence kind of got his butt kicked. To me, it had a lot to do with emotional maturity. This isn't a knock on Trevor, but this is just what this tells me is Joe Burrow's a 23 year old and Trevor Lawrence is a 20 year old. That seemed like it was the difference in the game to me. What say you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You, you saw you saw a quarterback who just has all the tools right now. You know, the accuracy, the maturity, the poise. And Trevor Lawrence is still trying to get there. You see the talent. There's a whole bunch of talent there. But, you know, this is why quarterbacks, it's better off that they stay three or four years in college just to get that seasoning, right? So um, that's what you're seeing. You know, Joe Burrow is literally ready to be an NFL quarterback. And the weapons that he had at LSU, was, they were just out of the roof. And a better, the better team won. You know, it was there was no doubt that LSU was the better team this year. Now, fastest to the game. Now, would you? I remember you telling me last week that you would take uh, if you were a team that was drafting, you would take Lawrence over Burrow. Do you still feel that way? Good question. Um, honestly, it depends on where you're drafting him, right? What what I mean by that is that. Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. We all know this. Yeah. Cincinnati is one of the worst organizations in, in sports. It matters where you get drafted. Now, will I take him over Joe Burrow? I think I still would because I just like the upside in regards to Lawrence Moore. I see what Burrow is. He's a great quarterback. I'm just projecting his future, and I just don't see it being that bright in Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can turn that around. But if anybody can, it it could be this kid. I'm just really not sure about that. Yeah. Now let me ask you this because I started the show off today with this. Uh, Joe Burrow. I think that there was a question that was posed. I forget exactly where, but it was a question that was posed of if Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, let's say they were both coming out in the same draft, they were both coming out this year, right, and Cincinnati still had the number one overall pick. I was making the argument today that, yeah, I like Lawrence more as a prospect, but Joe Burrow, I think, makes more sense for the Bengals. Uh, I, I think that he's a hometown kid. I think the system fits a little bit better. The optics work better because he had, a, he had the historic season, uh, season that he had. 
I think Burrow makes more sense at number one if they were both in this class for the Bengals. What what about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, you, you like the upside with Lawrence, like you say, but I think the maturity, I think the fact that he can be able to handle a little bit of adversity going to Cincinnati, he's a hometown kid, like you say, that is the proper move that the Bengals would make if they were in the same draft class. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I, I think, well, I, first of all, I think both of these kids are going to be incredibly special. All right, uh, let's shift to playoff football instead of just, you know, kind of, shadowing into the uh, into the future a little bit. So you and I were both wrong on this, and I think a lot of people were actually wrong on this, that we thought the upset was going to be Niners and Vikings. It wasn't. The Niners controlled the game uh, pretty much from start to finish. Uh, to me, and again, the headline is going to read, Jimmy Garoppolo leads... Uh, leads 49ers to a win, and Kirk Cousins can't, you know, doesn't do it again in a big game. The way that I saw it, Kirk Cousins outplayed Jimmy G, but the 49ers had a better game plan. What, what was your takeaway from Niners-Vikings this weekend? Just the Niners control the game. You know, they control the game in regards to time possession. They, they control the game defensively, and that, that's, that's where the game is won in the trenches, right? It's, 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 you know, the quarterback can do so much but if you win the defensive battle nine times out of ten you're going to win the game so that that's what i saw i saw a team that was in full control of that football game from start to finish and the vikings were just pretty much trying to play catch up the entire game now let's shift to what was actually the upset the the game that makes at my producer evan maz a cry uh, that's, good. that's a little going over the top, but sure. Oh yeah, you, you, oh come <laughs> on, you, you, you shed, you shed a tear. <laughs> ah, just, don't give me that. Disappointed. Ah, crap. Disappointed's the better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. He went, so you went to the bathroom a couple times that day, did he? Did he? I, I, I don't know, Evan. Did you? Did you have to? Did you have to excuse yourself a couple of times? No, or I, I, trust me, I, I, like a good fan, I sat, I sat in my chair and watched. I said, and watched your watched team get team crushed. But uh. All right, so uh, Titans beat the Ravens. Uh, there's a, this is kind of like a two-parter, Barry, because th- I, first of all, I want to ask you, what, were, th- what was the takeaway here? What were the Titans doing that was, sl- you know, that was working against the Ravens? And then the second thing is, is that the Tennessee Titans have a lot of Washington Nationals in them. Th- this is a very big underdog. Nobody believes in them. They're playing with a different fire, a different motivation. Tennessee feels really good right now. Where do you think their outlook is? The one word that I have for Tennessee is just wow. Um, Derrick Henry is phenomenal. He is a running back that you are really scared of if you're lining up against him. Mm -hmm. And every team has to realize now that you need to do everything you can to stop him. And it it, it may not even be enough. But you have to try. Right. Um, Tennessee's defense impressed me more than anything else. I think their defense is their calling card. Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach. And they literally are the mirror image of him playing. Right? Remember Mike Vrabel is this, as this no-nonsense, you know, tough linebacker. It's the same thing with this team. That's what they did with, uh, with Baltimore. They just said, listen, Lamar, 
you're going to throw this ball and we're going to see how good you are. Right. But you're not going to beat us on the ground. That's not happening. So they took away the strength. You know, if you look at his numbers overall, yeah, he rushed for 150 yards. Yeah, he threw for over 300 yards, but he threw the ball 50 times. You know, when the game was out of reach, it's like, okay, cool, these stats look good, but they're pat-on stats. They neutralized Lamar Jackson like I've never seen a team do. So in, in your eye, and I know the answer to this because I did a segment on it, and I, the buddy that I was texting was you. I was referring to that. You texted me, Lamar Jackson is exposed. He's smoking mirrors. And I said, can you just get off your crack? Like, seriously, get, give me a break. Tell me why this exposes Lamar Jackson. Uh, listen, it just exposes him for the time being, Mike. We, everybody was on was on the MVP, you know, bandwagon, me included. He, he looked good. He's a great talent. However, players like this don't normally win Super Bowls, right? I mean, if you look at the history, guys that are dynamic runners of the football don't necessarily hoist Vince Lombardi trophies. The only one that you can possibly say is Steve Young, and Steve Young wasn't a wasn't a, a dynamic runner like this guy is. So I need to see the evolution of his game in the next couple years. He needs to learn that okay, I'm I'm a great athlete. I can use my legs, but I also have to be better in the pocket. I also have to be better recognizing defenses. And you know, this game caught up to him. I think he kind of believed his MVP hype. And he got punched in the mouth. So and that 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 happens to a lot of athletes. So let's saw, see how he comes back. We saw after the. I want to bring this up to you, Barrington, Barrington because I, I I do think it's interesting to bring up after he throws the first after he threw the first interception, uh, he makes he tackles. I think it was Byard out of bounds, and then he kind of starts chirping at the Titans at some of the Titan defensive players. And then later on in the game, he started he did it again. Do you right. think that? Do you think that's a that's an, an example of? Do you think that's an example of that point? Yes, I believe you're 100%, 100% right. It's, it's a maturity thing. It's, you know, I think he, he steps on the field now. Because remember, before it was, you know, humble Lamar, humble Lamar. I think after a while, he's a kid. You're going to start to believe your own hype, right? Mm-hmm. I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want to do, and there's nothing you can do about it. The first time somebody actually says, no, you're not, we're going to take this away from you. Let's see what you do. He stumbles. So there's a maturity level that he still needs to reach. Mm-hmm. And I think that he'll get there. He's in the, he's in the right space or the right place, right mm-hmm. coach. But right now, what I saw out of that game was an immature quarterback that is not ready to be a Super Bowl champion yet. So I, I want to move on to Green Bay because you're, I know you're a lot higher on the Packers than I am. Uh, You know how I feel on this. I think the San Francisco 49ers can punch their ticket to the Super Bowl already. I I, I really, the Packers to me are, they're not playing bad football, but they don't have the tools, I think, to get to a Super Bowl at this point. They don't have enough perimeter players. I think they're relying way too much on Aaron Rodgers on offense. Uh, And if Aaron Jones has a skippy day, they struggle moving the football. I was not encouraged by Green Bay to, how do you feel about the Packers moving forward, Barry? 
I got the Packers in the Super Bowl, Mike. I know you do. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> Listen, there's my reasoning. Um, I just feel that this, like I said, this is the best situation that Aaron Rodgers has been in in quite some time. They're a balanced football team. They can run the ball. They're not a great running team, but they can run the ball. Their defense is not great, but they're not terrible either. So they can get some stops. They can get some timely turnovers that can twist the game back in Green Bay's favor if they're down. So I do – and also, I need to see Jimmy G do it again. You know, he did it against the Vikings. Cool. This is not the NFC Championship. This is a big stage. I need to see if he can be able to deliver – and deliver this team and take them take them to a Super Bowl. I don't I don't think I don't think it's it's there yet. I think they're like a year away from where they're supposed to be. Uh, I think they're just they, you know they're they're here a little early. That's what I think. I've been and um and I just I just feel that that Green Bay it's their time. I, I think I think Green Bay looks like the the Super Bowl favorite to me. I've been high on Green Bay all year. I, I agree with a lot of your points about the Packers, but the last time they met, the Niners won 37-8. They blew them out. What can the Packers do differently right. this time around? You know, that line that line has to they, – they have to protect better, obviously. Um, I think when you see a team like San Francisco with that stout pass rush that they have, they're fast, they're strong, it kind of jars you the first time you, 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 you play them, right? But the second time around, you're able to make adjustments. You're able to kind of maybe they'll 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 have more you know tight end sets. Well, they have they'll have two tight ends blocking. They'll have more pass protection. I I don't know what they're going to do, but they have to do something that's going to be different. Every time you play a team more than once, it's never the same game. It's never the same strategy. So if you see a team more than once, you're going to be well prepared the second time. And I do believe that this is going to be one of those situations where, yeah, the pass rush is great on San Francisco. I just don't think they're going to be able to get to Aaron Rodgers as much as they did the first game. All right. So you, uh, we obviously know that you got Packers in the NFC Championship game. AFC, uh, the AFC Championship game, you got Titans and Chiefs. It's in Kansas City. Uh, do you have faith in the Titans getting through this, or do you think the Chiefs are just going to air the ball out, outscore them? It's just going to be too much for the Titans to handle. See, what happened with the Chiefs, I think they got lucky last week. And the reason why I say lucky is because the Texans are not a great running team. If the Texans were a great running team, that game would have been over because they would have controlled the clock. Pat Mahomes wouldn't have had a chance to get back on the field. This is a different situation. If they get down 21 nothing to the Titans, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Because they're just going to pound the ball with Derrick Henry. That line cannot stop him. And he'll rush for 250 yards, while while uh, excuse me, with the quarterback T- Tannehill, mm-hmm. he'll probably pass for another 90 yards because <laughs> he doesn't have to throw the ball. So this is the thing: they have the uh, the Chiefs have to keep their turnovers down, which they normally do. But if they allow Tennessee to to get up 15 points or 21 points, right? I I don't see I don't see any pass for them to get back in that game because there's not going to be enough time left. I completely agree. I think the only key to really beating the Chiefs at their own game is keeping Mahomes off the field. Yeah. And the one right. thing that Tennessee can do... Tennessee can do that. Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is very effective at clock control, and they're very good at 
running the ball and you know they're going they're going to they've been obliterating teams in time of possession. If Chris Jones don't if Chris Jones doesn't play that's I mean that's a huge that's loss hu- for Kansas that's City. the big guy in the middle of that offensive line. I mean that's that's trouble. Yeah, they're going to right. If Chris Jones doesn't play they're going to have big big problems. Big problems. All right. So you all right. So your Super Bowl matchup is what Barry remind the listeners. Oh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Tennessee. I'm going Titans Packers. All right, who do you like? Titans Super Bowl. Yeah, oh yeah. I can't I can't I can't go against Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Barry, you are high on something, buddy. But hey, listen, look, look, it's I football. High, it's... I was high last week, and he won the game. So if he wins the game, if the Packers well, get to the Super Bowl, what are you going to tell me? Well, Mike? well, 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 hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I never said that you were high for picking the Packers over Seattle. I never said that. I, listen, that's an obtainable game. I picked the Packers, too, in that game. But Okay, okay. But, but let's, be, let's get something straight here. So the, I will say, though, I think – is the – like – Regardless of the picks, Barry, because I think that I do this every single year, right? Last year I did it as well, where I rank the possible Super Bowl matchups based on entertainment value, based on stories, based on, you know, everything like that, right? So last year I think we got robbed of the best possible matchup, which I think was going to be Patriots and Saints. We got, we would have gotten Breeze versus Brady. But this year, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think the the Super Bowl matchup that you have is the worst case scenario based on entertainment value. There's no story there, you know. So, oh, absolutely. I I hundred I hundred percent agree with you. It's it's going to be a boring Super Bowl, but I'm just looking at it from a from an analyst standpoint. Now, entertainment value. Oh, I want Packers Chiefs. That's what I want. So you want Packers shit because you want Ro- you want Rogers Mahomes. You want the new super talented guy versus the older super talented guy. Absolutely, that that is that is the biggest story that you can have for a Super Bowl week, right there. See, I'd want the, I'd the, want the passing of the torch. Ideally, I, God, Niners for, Chiefs I just, just sounds say, so Mahomes, attractive. Mahomes against that de- that defense and that front seven would just be something to marvel at. If the Titans get if the Titans do indeed get to the Super Bowl, the big the big story is Ryan Tannehill. The big because he's the he's the Cinderella underdog yeah. story that oh, no so one it, that no one a, no one saw coming. You know, leaves Miami has this great second half of the Titans. Like a very that I, if Tennessee gets the Super Bowl, that is definitely a, the big big story is Tannehill. Oh, Evan, I agree with you. That that is that is a huge. That, I think that's a great story. That's a no, that's a actual like movie script type of story. This quarterback that nobody wanted. He steers the ship in Tennessee that nobody thought could be here, and they win the Super Bowl. Like that's in not even in Miami, in, my, yeah, in Miami, in Miami, in Miami, you know, where he played. Not like, even, not it's, even it's just, phenomenal. not even just Tannehill as an individual. The entire Titans team has started two and four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, listen. I, I look. If the Titans made it to the Super Bowl, that's a great story. Yeah. That is an unbelievable story. I really, I really do believe that. All right, Barry. Uh, I think we've we've I think I've you know had enough of you. So, <laughs> all right, Barry. Thanks Listen, for taking I'm the time, keep, bud. I'm going to keep trolling you, man. I'm going to keep trolling you this weekend. Yeah, so I know. I'm going to I'm going to hear I'm going to hear it all week. I'm going to hear it all weekend. Say if the I swear to God, if the Packers win this weekend, it is going to be a nightmare for me the following week. 
Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> He'll be like, huh? what were you Barry, saying about Niners? Uh, what? Barry, just tell him just tell him one thing. Just tell just tell Mike one thing. You know you, he knows deep down inside he wishes the Cowboys were playing this week. I'm we're telling you, man, that's it. Hey, l- listen, Barry, Barry's a listen, cowboy I'm, fan I'm, like me. I'm with him though. I'm with him though, Evan. I'm a I'm a I'm a stuffer too, so of course I wish they were here. But I I'll take Aaron Rodgers. Give me Aaron Rodgers. He he makes me feel a little better. All right. All right, thanks, Barry. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. I'll talk to you. All right, Barrington Grant, U.S. Sports Pages, the most well-rounded conversation in sports media. All right, finally, I'm going to make you do your job. Okay. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to the news on a Wii Sports Wednesday with Matt Catarizola. Sorry, just, buddy. Music just gives me a warm feeling, you know? Yeah. All right, so uh, a little bit of shocking news came yesterday. Uh, one of the most dominant defensive players we've seen in the last decade in football called it a career yesterday. Uh, Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley announced his retirement at the age of 28 yesterday. That blows my mind. In just eight seasons in the NFL. So Evan and I were having an interesting conversation uh, off the air before the career started. Career. Before the show started. Evan, I'm going to read off Keekley's career stats. Do you have Patrick Willis's? Yes, I got Patrick Wilson. Okay, so Luke Keekley, in just eight seasons in the NFL, had 1,092 tackles, 18 interceptions, seven Pro Bowls, mm-hmm. seven All-Pros, five of which were first team, uh, 2012 Defensive Rookie of the Year, 2015 Defensive Player of the Year. Jesus. Yeah, Willis, now Willis is not, now Willis is 950 tackles. Keekley has the edge over him there. He has more sacks. Willis has more sacks, 20 and a half. Willis has eight interceptions. Keekley has, what, 16, I think? 18. 18 interceptions. Uh, Willis leads the lead, leads him in forced fumbles with 16. They both have two touch defensive touchdowns. Both the same amount of Pro Bowls with seven. Both the same amount of all, all first-team All-Pros with five. They both play the same amount of years, eight years. Uh, big differences. Uh, big differences. Willis never won Defensive Player of the Year. Keekley did. They both won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um... I also, and of course, Keekley's also a two-time leader in tackles. Two-time leader in tackles. Patrick Willis. I want to double-check on that, but I... I, I how I long did Willis play in the league? Nine years? Same year. Same years as Keekley. Eight, eight, eight years. He played eight years. I... Wow. You know, I never would have thought to put their careers up against each other. You kind of could. Yeah, yeah. No, you can. You, really you absolutely can. That really was the last thing that was going through my mind. I was not thinking Patrick about that. Patrick Willis played from 2007 to 2014, and Keekly, I believe, was drafted in 2000. Yeah, I was right. 2012 and retired in 2019. So about seven. Se- so about seven seasons. Seven seasons each. Wow. So you never. Really- I- Is Luke Keekly a Hall of Famer? No, really, he's not. I, w- I would say that he. Is. I would vote. I would vote for now. Him listen, listen. I like. I, I'm much more inclined to know about the baseball parameters of the Hall of Fame. You, like, like the the baseline of how you get into the Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball is you need to be great for ten years, right? That's that's the baseline. For the NFL, I have no idea. Longevity is severely diminished in football, though, especially for. I mean, like it kind of reverts back to the conversation that we were having before the season. Is Andrew Luck a Hall of Famer? And I don't think he is. Andrew Luck is now. Listen, 
because I'm saying Keekley isn't a Hall of Famer, I don't think Patrick Willis is a Hall of Famer either. But but you can make the argument. You absolutely can. Here's here's my issue with that is that Luke Keekley ended his career at 28 years old. You know, like I, I just have I have such a hard time putting him in the Hall of Fame after even though he didn't even make it to 30. Like, Gronk, okay, I, okay, let me ask you this. Is Gronk a Hall of Famer? How long did Gronk play? Gronk was drafted in 2010. Okay, and he didn't play till 30 either. So he played for how long? He played until... When did he retire? Well, how well? How many years did he play? Rob played, Rob played from two, 2010 to 2018. But, I mean, he missed... So mi- that's what, nine seasons? Okay, but he missed... What did he... He missed 2000... Okay, well, okay. So, all right, so that's actually a pretty good point. That, he, that he, sheds okay, some light on things. Okay, but he played, okay, he played seven games in 2013. He played eight games in 2016. Like, this guy missed, like, half the no, season. No, okay, yeah, uh, listen. He missed half the season. Listen, that, uh, that's, that sheds some light Twice. on things. That's that's a little different now, because the, I agree. With, Gronk, Gronk, to me, is a Hall of Famer, because, uh, I, hang on. Gronk, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Like, Gronk was the... Like Gronk's, uh, Gronk t- is the best tight end I've ever seen in my life. Like, like I, I saw the later part of Tony Gonzalez's career, but uh, Gronk was just Gronk was the most dominant offensive weapon in football for six straight years. You know, so I it, it, listen. If, if that if Gronk's a Hall of Famer, then yeah, I, I guess you can make the argument that Luke Kuechly is also. I'm just saying, if you so, want to yeah. talk about dominance on the field, it's really been him. And Bobby Wagner, and we were talking. We, we said guys like Mosley too. For the last like seven, six, seven years, yeah. In terms of middle linebackers, there there are there is no one that even sniffs. No, Bobby Wagner and Keekley. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, Bobby Wagner's probably going to be pretty happy now. He's the sole he, he's, best middle linebacker. Oh, of all. Oh, like absolutely. I would have probably taken Keekley over Wagner. Yeah. They, you know, back to back. But I, I listen, Luke Keekley. I, I don't know. I, I would have... I, you know, because you made the Gronk argument, then yeah, I'd probably put him in the Hall of Fame. I probably would, which is crazy to me how short you have to play in order to get in. Now, again, I, I still probably wouldn't put in Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck missed too much time. But, I, I mean... I... I Luke Keekley to me is he's great. Uh, there's yeah. no there's no question about that. He So if Luke Keekley uh, I would have been if Luke Kle- if Luke Keekley had played two more seasons, like literally two more seasons, I would have said punch the ticket. Uh, don't even rounded, wait to give him the gold jacket. Rounded out at 10, Yeah, saying? Yeah, round rounded out at 10, play okay. till you're 30, put put him in. I am 100% on on that. But Patrick, Patrick Willis also uh, Keekley led Keekley led the NFL in tackles twice. Plus, Patrick, uh, Patrick Willis Patrick also Willis. played for one of the best defenses I've ever seen. Like that San Francisco Forty Nine team. Willis played at a time where there was a, a, like Ray Lewis, Erlacher. There were a uh, yeah. lot of other guys. I mean, Patrick, uh, even as uh, Navarro Bowman was Alden, almost Alden, as good as Patrick Alden, Willis on his own team. That defense was sick. Alden, Alden Smith, Smith like, Justin Smith. Willis led the league in tackles. Twice I, I mean, they were they were they their secondary couldn't stop anybody. Their their number one corner was Carlos Rogers at that point. It was not great, but I don't know. It was all right. I, I'll give you that. 
I'll give you that. If if that's the case with those guys, I would say yes. Give me, um, I, I would put Keekley in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Willis led the league in tackles twice in his first three years. So that's again, Keekley had two times. That's two times to his right. Yeah, but Willis never won Defensive Player of the Year. That's, yeah, that's something. Which is again really really interesting that he never won Defensive Player of the Year. I would have thought I would have thought during his tenure he would have, but he never did. I'd like to go through the list of like years that Patrick Willis was active in the NFL and who well, won. Let's go through it. Who won, who won Defensive Player of the Year those years? So here, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Let's bring it up. Uh, okay. So Patrick Willis first came into the NFL in 2007. 2007. So that's Bob Sanders, James Harrison, Charles Woodson, Troy Polamalu, Terrell Suggs, J.J. Watt, Luke Keekley, and J.J. And, uh, J. Watt. So that's so from 07 to 14. That's your Defensive Player of the Year. Bob Sanders. Wow. Last wow. year, of course, is Aaron. Last two years of Aaron yeah, Donald. Seriously. Last two years of Aaron Donald, 2016 Khalil Mack. J.J. Watt won a three of four years from 2012 to 2015. Yeah. 2013 was Keekley. So, yeah. 2007, Bob Sanders, James, ha- James Harrison had a historic year in a way. I remember that. Charles Woodson was great. Troy Polamalu had a great year in 2010. Troy Polamalu in Suggs, 2010, man. Suggs was unstoppable in that 2011 year. Oh, yeah. So. All right. What's next? Uh, All right. So, uh, you brought up baseball earlier, and it's just fitting to bring this up now, so a day, one day after Alex Cora's name was mentioned 11 times in the commissioner's report on the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal from when Cora was the bench coach in 2017, the Boston Red Sox and Alex Cora, Cora have mutually parted ways. This is going I mean, to, that, This is just shaking up baseball. Major League Baseball this is... This is the biggest scandal in baseball in 100 years. Seriously, since the almost Black exact, Sox almost thing. Almost exactly 100 years. Since, I, this is bigger than Pete Rose. This is a bigger scandal than, than Pete Rose's gambling Pete, thing. Pete Rose was doing it legally. He just bet on his own team. You just can't do that if you're an athlete. He was doing it legally. Well, right. Well, Pete Rose Pete Rose was managing at the time at which he was gambling for it. Right. Right. And that's what, gave, that's what got Pete Rose banned for life. But... Uh, I mean, this is like, this is, as I, I swear, you're right. This is absolutely shaking up the entire landscape of it. AJ Hinch gets fired. Alex Cora gets fired. I mean, this is just insane. It, it's the nuts. 2017 and 2018 World Series champion managers both fired in less than two days. That's crazy. That's nuts. Hinch, Hinch and Lou now have been suspended by the league, but have since been fired by Astros owner Jim Crane. And now the big question is, what's going to happen to Carlos Beltran, if anything? I. The thing is that Beltran was a player at the time. Right, and, and Manfred had said that there's no way to punish the players because there's no way you can determine who benefited from it, who was involved, who wasn't. Right. So it, it falls on the field back. Because after this happened... After the whole Apple Watch thing in 2017, Manfred said it will come down on the on-field managers. That so, was, that was so Apple Watch was like Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. Yes, that was in 2017 with the Red Sox. So here's the um, here's the thing about this. I think that when it comes to um, you know, I was gonna I was gonna say something. I was gonna say so. I had something like right there, and I just lost it for some reason. Um, oh my god! 
I'm going to lose it. Somebody talk. Wait, uh, just, Evan, 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 you're a Mets right, fan. What right. do you think is going to happen? What do you Here's think? Here's the thing with the Mets. Okay. Oh, okay. So the Mets, so the Mets didn't know Beltran did this thing with Beltran before when they interviewed him, and they had no idea what Beltran uh, uh, after he was hired. So with Beltran, this is up to the Mets. The Mets' decision is this. Beltran's going to talk on January 25th at the, at the Met Fan Fest. So when he talks, that's his opportunity. So after he talks, after he talks in the press conference on January 25th, let's see how he handles the media. Let's see how he handles the questions being asked to him, and let's see how it goes. I'm very interested to see what the Mets' final decision is. Um, again, the, if, the, if the Red Sox, the Red Sox let go of Alice Cora, so maybe. Yeah, you know, with with well, I mean, we're only what twenty something days away from spring training starting up. So yeah. uh, here's here's the thing. So I, mean, I the saw Mets, the Mets either do this: you either fire or call Beltran, and you move on and try to get a different manager, or you keep Carlos Beltran around because you say, hey, you, you listen, Beltran is currently not going to be, he's not going to be disciplined so, for this. But if you, he's not going to be disciplined for this. But the thing is, if you keep Beltran, there will be people who are saying, well, you're keeping around a cheater. You keep around a guy who's involved in this stuff. So so here's here's the thing. I saw something on Twitter earlier this morning that said that, yeah, the Mets got caught, caught in this crossfire because they hired Carlos Beltran and everything like that. I, the only way the Mets should fire Carlos Beltran is if the Mets asked Beltran about the scandal and he, he lied. lied to them yeah. about if it. He lied. Sure. Like, if... Right. if if that that is the only way that they should fire Beltron. Okay. If they if either if he wasn't asked about it or he was asked about it and he told the truth and they hired him anyway, then the Mets shouldn't do anything. I, I mean that's that's pretty clear cut to me. Alright, this is also this is a tweet from Andy Martino uh, earlier this morning. Uh, it says, regarding the video of Cora talking about Beltron helping the Yankees in 2019, MLB sources reaffirm that they are not investigating the Yankees. Video could easily be talking pitch tipping or legal side stealing, but New York has adamantly denied CB help him do anything illegal. The league corroborates. And so the Yankees are safe from any type of uh, wrongdoing. The interesting thing was with Beltran, he was a, he was a special advisor to Cashman uh, just a year or so ago. So, again, to me... I, I mean, it might just be possible that Major League Baseball has already ruled out the Yankees. Maybe they have. Like, may, like maybe they've all like that might be they've already investigated the Yankees, and they can't come up with anything, so they're not going to investigate they, them. I, I said yesterday they need to go in a deep dive to every team in baseball. This 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 whole thing I think is going to go deeper to every team in baseball. Right. Everyone's you know I think I think everyone is possibly doing this. Yeah. You know, right. If, and again, if you can, it's about it is about if they're caught, and if they're caught, they got to suffer the same. Because you've already laid the foundation, the groundwork with the Astros. They got they, you, you got to give them the same punishment you just gave the Astros. Right, exactly. All right, that's the news. Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo here on a Wednesday. I keep getting the day confused, and I keep getting my foot caught in this. It's a wee listen to the, I keep getting my foot caught in this wire. Just, it's listen, a to the, just listen to the music, man. All right. We'll always give you the answer. Evan, who do we have we on have the phone? Lenny on the line. He wants to talk Astros and, the, and baseball. Lenny, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. The Beltron thing is uh, very interesting because he did get, uh, um, you know, he did get investigated. But here's what he said: at the beginning, when the Mets interviewed him, he said everything he did was legal, pre-game study, in-game observation. But then, when he got immunity from the investigators, he told them a different story. 
Okay. Somebody, and they lied on their application or interview. There's no way you can hire them. So that's oh, so that's actually really interesting. That's actually really interesting. So, like I said, if they, if Beltron lied to them about it, then I think the Mets should probably fire him. That's a problem. Because then, then, yeah. then you're having then you're having a, a liar, a guy who lied straight to you, straight to you during the interview process, and he's going to have to. But once he got immunity from Major League Baseball, that they weren't going to punish players. That's when he told the Mets, "Yeah, I was involved." That's, that's right. the only way the Mets can save face is if they come out and if they say that Carlos Beltran told us the truth originally because he eventually knew that it would come out when investigated. But uh, uh, that's the only way the Mets can, can save face. Right. I don't think anybody buying. And the reason why, you know, if I may take one second, because people I don't think understand, we've been stealing, I've been stealing signs since Little League. And, you know, we all, it's part of the game to steal the signs. Right. But the home, but when the home team can put cameras in certain places, Did we lose him? Lenny? Lenny, do we do it? Uh, do we still have you? It doesn't sound like it. Oh, man. All right. So, uh, but I understand the point he was trying to make. I, you know, it, obviously the way in which the sign stealing was happening is obviously illegal. That's, that's pretty much, you know, that, that, that's the story right there is that you can't use technology to gain that particular advantage. But I think the point he brought up is really interesting. If Carlos Beltran ended up lying to the he ended up lying to the Mets and then once he got immunity for Major League Baseball, that's when he told the truth. The Mets might have to entertain, listen, Carlos, we love you, but we can't we can't do this. This is going to get really interesting for the Mets now cuz now the Mets But this are- is going to be really late. It's going to be really. They well, fired the Reds, their manager, but the Red, but the Red Sox. And now I know. I know this is different because the Red Sox knew that Alex Cora was getting suspension. And they the Red Sox. And the Red Sox actually cheated. The Mets. The Mets, as far as we know, didn't cheat at anything. As far as we know, because again, I, this to me, this well, thing goes all the way. To me, there's a there's a potential possibility that every team in baseball is doing this, and either and maybe, right, maybe okay, the Mets, maybe the Mets have done it, and quite frankly, maybe they're just not that good at it, <laughs> or they're just or they, and they just haven't well, been caught. Well, my thing is, is that. There was the clear common denominator between the Astros and the Red Sox in this whole scandal, right? Cora, Cora Beltran. Alex Cora, right? Alex Cora was the, the bench coach for the Astros when they got caught, the manager of the Red Sox when they got caught. Okay, right? and let's, let's, not, let's not forget that he was the bench coach of the Astros when they won the World Series, and he was the, man, he was the manager of the Red Sox when they won the World Series. Right, exactly. So this, this is directly resulting in success on the field. Right. So it's not like they're doing it and they're winning 80 games. Right, right? But, and no one really cares. Well, Alex Cora is this, is this is champion. These are well, championships. Right. Well, Alex Cora is clearly the 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 similarity here, but the Mets have for what we know, and I agree with you, Evan. There there is a suspicion that maybe every team is doing this, or uh, multiple teams are doing this. Maybe not all of them, but some most of them are. Yeah, but is it that big a deal if the Orioles are doing it also? Well, I mean, I, you have to be fair. It, is, it isn't a big deal, but the Orioles should still face a pretty hefty. Just laid the foundation. I don't care if they won the World Series. You laid the foundation now. Right. This is exactly. the punishment. I don't care. We, I said it yesterday. The, if the Orioles did it, fire the manager. Yeah, fire right. the GM. Get, no, lay down the wall. The Orioles need draft picks. They need draft picks in the worst way. 
They cheated? You're trying you're cheating oh, no. take away draft picks? Oh, I'm with you. Evan, I'm totally with you on I this. It, the, I don't care if it's the Orioles or the Rays or the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or the, or the Braves or the Marlins. But here's here's the thing. is that My point is is that Carlos Beltran might have been in, involved in this with the, with the Astros, but the Mets just hired him. Like, the Mets literally, like, the Mets were not. Yes. There, there is a possibility that, you know, other than the, you know, maybe sneaky suspicion that the Mets were cheating also, the only other possible way is if, you know, I mean, there is none. It, it is, they literally just hired Carlos Beltran. For the most, yeah. From what we know, the Mets weren't cheating on anything, no, right? The Mets so have- if, if that's the case... They find themselves in this situation and maybe unnecessarily would have to fi- would fire Carlos Beltran, which is my thing, is that A.J. Hinch and Alex Cora parted ways with their respective teams late because they were cheating. And they were gonna get if suspended. the Mets fired Carlos Beltran because he was involved, but the Mets as an organization didn't cheat, that puts them in a particularly bad spot because they're in a position that they're in and they don't necessarily have to be in that spot. No, this, that's, and that's, that's why it's going to come down to this whole situation with the Mets. Now the eyes turn to the Mets now. Now that the Red Sox are out with Alex Cora, now the Astros are out with, with A.J. Hinch, and the Astros ended up firing A.J. Hinch after he got suspended. The Red Sox and Astros both knew that Cora and Hinch were going to get suspended. Yeah. They both knew. The Mets know Beltran ain't getting suspended. They know that. He's, he's not, as far as we know, he's not going to get suspended. So the Mets either the Mets have a choice. You either you either keep Beltran and say, hey, you know what, this is none of our business. Beltran will talk to the media. We're gonna he'll talk to the media on January twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and we'll try to have we'll just we'll just get to baseball, right? And we'll try to you know keep move forward. Or they make the decision to say, you know what, this is this this will look bad for organization. Right. This will make us look bad if we keep him around. It will just bring nothing but chaos if we win. If we win, say the Mets do win, we'll, that, now this is where we go back to the winning formula. Right. If they do win, say ninety-five games, you know, are they worried? Will are the Mets worried of people saying, "Well, they did this because of Beltran's there, so right. they must be doing something." Not right. So exactly. They have a really tough. This is something the Mets. Again, I can't really blame them because they, they this this double thing came out right after they fired Beltran, uh, right after they hired Beltran. So they have a very tough decision to it, make. To me, to, to me, the answer 20, is... they got 29 days left, 20-some-odd days left until, until spring training begins. Right. To me, the answer is very simple for the Mets. If Beltron lied to you, you have to fire him. Okay. Uh, to me, the oh, answer okay. is very simple. It, sure. Because it, you can't lay the foundation of a lack of trust, and you can't let the optics go bad, of Beltron lied to us, we know about it, we decided to keep him anyway... We can't. I mean, the Mets can't lay down that precedent. They can't. So well, it's all up to the Mets. It's up to the Mets as an organization. See, Banfred uh, handed down the suspensions to to Hinch and Lunau, but the owner of the Astros, Crane, fired them both. The Red Sox fired Cora. These are team decisions. So if you're right, if if the Mets know something, and if Beltron lied yeah. or tried to hide something, then yeah, right. you need to get rid of him. You need to set a foundation and a standard of rules in order to preserve the integrity of the sport. All right. Uh, coming up next, Giants are interviewing somebody today. I'll tell you who that is. It's next. Hey, Stack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
Great to have you back. Uh, we do this every single Wednesday. Oh, by the way, uh, Jason Garrett is getting interviewed by the Giants, I believe, today. Would not be surprised if they didn't let him leave the building. Really wouldn't be surprised. Giants are high. Uh, the Giants like him. They, they like head, Jason Garrett. There was head coach rumors for him, too. I'm telling you. We'll see. You wouldn't be upset about that. I wouldn't. He was successful as an offensive coordinator with the Cowboys. It's why, it's why he became a big head coaching candidate for a lot of teams around 07, 08, 09, 010, 2010 before the Cowboys gave him the head coaching job after they fired the middle of Wade Phillips in the middle of the season. I think as an OC, it's a decent, it's a, it's a good hire. Now, and obviously, it's also a way for him to, to uh, get back into head coaching if he succeeds with Daniel Jones. And so Giants. is Jason Garrett going to get giant New York Giant pie? I think he's going to get, and then he'll, he'll go to the Giants and say, hey, Giants, you don't like, you can't beat the Cowboys. Guess what? Here's a way to beat them because I beat them for like 10 years. Pie. Pie. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this is also coming out now that Zion Williamson is expected to make his NBA season debut on January 22nd at home against the Spurs. Also, oh, I lied. <laughs> yeah, you lied. You, just, lied. you basically lied to our face. I saw it on Instagram and it was like, oh, hey, look, Zion's going to make his debut on Thursday. I'm just the messenger. Am I fired? Do I believe? Do I, am I, not I thought you weren't going to say anything this whole segment. <laughs> am I not allowed back here? <laughs> were you going to stay quiet this whole segment? I was, because you guys made me angry on the, on, off the but air. But now you're not angry anymore? No, now I'm... Now you're good? <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Lee, hold the tomatoes. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Is he worth it? Every single Wednesday. Here we go. Here we go. Well, big baseball news. Other than the Red Sox and the Astros, uh... Josh Donaldson has a new home, new contract, four years, $92 million, $23 million AAV with the Minnesota Twins. So Josh Donaldson, officially a Minnesota Twin. Is he worth it? Yeah, I think he is. I would say he is worth it. That's the, He's going to hit 30 home runs. He's going to drive in 100 RBIs. The Twins could have used an extra bat in that lineup. I think their lineup is set now. I mean, seriously, think about this. Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Donaldson, Sano. Uh, Buxton, Arias, Garver. I mean, this is seriously loaded Twins lineup. Listen to how it looks. Okay, so this is the Twins lineup last year and how many home runs? Okay. Rosario, I totally missed. Cruz hit 41. Okay, Donaldson on the Braves hit 37. Kepler hit 36. Sano hit 34. Rosario hit 32. Garver hit 31. And Polanco hit 22. It's a lot of home runs. Correct. I, I agree. Mean, yes, I think it's worth it. That's worth it. Next one, another free agent signing. Steve Seacheck to the Chicago White Sox. One year, $6 million. Is he worth it for the White Sox? Yeah, I think so. Again, relievers come relatively cheap. $6 million bucks for a reliever like Steve Seacheck, who could probably end up being a setup guy. Yeah, absolutely he's worth that. Uh, White Sox are having a nice little offseason. They are. Encarnacion, Grandal. What a nice little offseason. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm all right. That, that's Traded right. for Mazzara. Yeah. yeah. They're doing a nice, nice job. More baseball. Daniel Hudson, two years going back to the Nationals, two years, $11 million, $5.5 million AAV with the Washington Nationals. Very worth Is it. Is he worth it? Oh, yeah. Very worth it. I oh, want, yeah. I wanted the Yankees to target him for another another reliever spot after, I, after we lost to Kansas. I, and he played a big role in that postseason run. Yeah. I would say yes. Yep. I think it's, I think that's a good hire. I think that's good. I like that a lot. Daniel Hudson might be the most inconsistent pitcher of all time. Like, he's like, Daniel Hudson is either, is either awful or he's unbelievable. That's Daniel Hudson's career in a nutshell. But 
Either way, go ahead. On to the NFL. Leonard Williams about to be a free agent. Is he worth it? $15 million AAV as a defensive end. Leonard Williams. No! Leonard Williams is barely worth 10 Seriously, I, I mean, Leonard Williams is a decent player, but he's not going to log up numbers for you. He can be disruptive, but he's not always disruptive. I mean, the Giants are going to pay him because they have to pay him. But, no, I, I don't think he's really worth it, no. Another one in baseball, Todd Frazier. Oh, you're going to say that? No, it's fine. I agree. Leonard Williams? I mean, look, the Giants need all the defensive pieces they can get to build around. Uh, I wouldn't break the bank for Leonard Williams, even though we do have $70 million in cap next season. He's a nice piece to have, not for $15 million bucks. Right. Baseball, Todd Frazier signed a one-year $5 million contract with the Texas Rangers after the Rangers uh, weren't, weren't able to get Josh Donaldson. So for the Texas Rangers, is the Todd father worth it? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, cheap contract, veteran player. I really liked brings him as leadership a, to the locker I really, room. Yeah, sure. I really liked him as a Yankee. I liked what he brought. I liked him as a Yankee a lot. A lot of people wanted them, wanted the Yankees to bring him back. I liked him as a Yankee. But we, we had our hands full of third base, too. We thought Andahar was going to be our guy moving forward. But then forward. Giovanni Urshela yeah. just shattered the world because he's amazing at everything. Back to football. Byron Jones, free agent, 15 million AAV. We'll look at some free agent corners. Marcus Pierce got 14 million AAV. Well, Byron Jones, 15 million, is he worth it? I... I gotta be honest. I'm a cowboy guy. I don't think no. so. No. Like, it, I think Byron Jones is is a number one corner in this league, but he's a number one corner that's worth probably eleven or twelve million bucks. He is not. He should not be among the top paid guys like Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and Marcus Peters and like. It's just he's not of that. He's not of that cloth. I think he's yeah, he's, he's a, a tier, tier below he's a tier, those guys. He's a tier two corner. Right. I, I have one. I have one, Evan. Go for it. So uh, another cornerback, Xavier Rhodes, could be really. He's a free agent. Worth what? Uh, well, he's making 10.4 right now, AAV. So. I mean, I would sign him up for ten. Yeah, I'd sign him up for ten. I, I think if so. you're asking me to pay him like 13, 14 million, no, I wouldn't do that. Mm. Because Xavier Rhodes took a really big step backwards Yeah. this year. He got slower, he got older, he got hurt. He was getting beat a lot. I mean, Xavier Rhodes is a really good corner, but he, his best days might be behind him. Okay. Chris Jones. Ooh, uh, the at, uh, Chiefs at, lineman. Yep, looking at Demarcus Lawrence money with him. Uh, Lawrence is making $21 million, $105 million overall. So... Chris Jones, is he worth Marcus Lawrence money? I'll be honest, yeah, he is. Chris Jones is really good, really disruptive. He gets, I mean, he wreaks havoc both in the run, uh, both stopping the run and uh, getting after the quarterback. The, I, Chris Jones, I, he's one of those blank check guys. Chris Jones is unbelievable. Chris Jones has to be resigned by the Chiefs. I feel like that's a must for the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs to resign. Priority one. Extending Mahomes and Chiefs is just Chiefs. And Jones is vital for them going forward. Same uh, defensive end. Stay there. A uh, guy that I actually would like to see would be a very interesting free agent addition for a lot of teams. Yannick Nagakaway. Giants, uh, Giants, Giants, <laughs> Giants, Giants. That um, should be the number one, number one off-season free agent focus for the Giants. 20 million AAV. Is he worth it for... Yes! Yes. It's a big blue. That's a blank check. Yeah. That's a blank check guy for me. 
Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe can really play. So, Give yeah. him whatever he's quick. He asks he's for. a double-digit sack guy every year. Let me yeah. tell you something. If we best case scenario for the Giants, signing Ngakwe, draft Isaiah Simmons, that defense is instantly better. Those are immediate impact guys. Oh God! Please let that happen. Please Testify. let that happen. Oh God! Please. Shaq Parrott, three-four outside linebacker. Another guy. Giants. 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 Please. Shaq. Oh Barrett. God. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's go twenty mil. Von Miller's making nineteen million. Khalil Mack's making twenty-three million. D Ford seventeen million. Olivier Vernon seventeen million. Yeah. Chandler Jones sixteen million. So no. Let's go, let's go $20 million for Shaq. Barrett. I wouldn't no. say 20 no. No, I'd, prob- Von I'd, gi- I'd give him, uh, at the max, I'd give him 15 Yeah, I don't think I'd give At the max. 15. you got to keep in mind, Shaq Barrett's only had one good year, and a lot of his production came in like a five-game stretch yeah. this year, like a four- yeah, or five-game stretch. He had four-and-a-half sacks against the Giants alone, and he yeah. had, I think he ended with like 16 for the season. Yeah, he, he had a lot of his... A lot of his production came early in the year. I, I mean, I would say I would, I'd pay him. I wouldn't give him anything more than like fifteen million bucks. Matt Judon, seventeen million. Is he worth it? Matt Judon, seventeen to twenty million. See, Matt Judon, I kind of put in the same category as Barrett. I, I think Matt Judon is very good, but I probably wouldn't give him anything more than fifteen. So I'd say no, he's not worth that. I think I, I think Matt Judon's really good. Like I think Matt Judon. Matt Judon, I think, could be a really, really good number two pass rusher. He's not a number one. This caught me by surprise. You know who's also a free agent entering this offseason? The postseason MVP himself, Derrick Henry. Yeah, no, that I, yep. That that one actually caught me off guard. Blank check. Zeke's making 15. Gurley's making 14. Le'Veon's making 13. All right, let's go 13 mil for... Mr. Derrick Henry posted yes. MVP. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd give him 13. I'd give him 13. Like, I, I'm not a fan of paying running backs, but 13 million after what he's doing now, yeah, I'd do that. All right, wait, 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 I have one. So, uh, another free agent right now, Davion Clowney. What would you give him? For how much? What would you give him? I... Probably say uh, probably around the same as Judon and Barrett. Probably like fifteen million. Yeah, that's how much he's making right now. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, I probably wouldn't give him anything more than that. Yeah. Mr. Ryan Tannehill, hundred million, twenty-five mil AAV. Mr. Ryan Tannehill. Now, you know if, he's they win, if they now, win, if they win the Super Bowl, now wait, how much? How much money, Evan, for I'm Tannehill? Going, I'm going hundred mil, twenty-five million AAV. Twenty-five. So a four-year contract for hundred million, twenty-five million a year. Yes. That's what I'm going for. Right God. You suck. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I mean... Tannehill's you... winning games. I mean... Is it overpay? Yeah, it is, but... Yes, probably. I mean, does it matter? Like, that's the that's the point. Is if the Titans really want him to be their franchise quarterback, do they do they have to pay him $25 million? Kinda. Yeah. So wow. I'd say no, he's not worth it. I'd probably rather pay him Nick Foles money, like twenty-two, but... If you're talking about quarterbacks and you're talking about that much money, what's three million extra dollars? It's just, you know what I mean? I, I sure. If if the Titans want him, then they got to give him that money. They have, they have to. Anthony Costanzo, that's 
Let's go left tackle. Let's go fourteen mil for Andy Costanzo. Yes. Left, left tackle money. Is oh, left, dude. Taylor Lewan's making sixteen million. Oh, Lane dude. Johnson, Lane Johnson is making eighteen. Anthony million. Costanzo is one of the top six or seven left tackles in the entire game. And left tackle money is stupid right now. I would. Yeah, I would seriously. Say yes. I mean, you're, Costanzo, you're like, Tyron this, Smith, David Bakhtiari. Uh, who else? No, it's, no, it's Nate Solder. If you want to talk about highest paid ones. Well, no, I, I, I'm I, just talking about good. Nate Ronnie Solder. Stanley's up there. Williams. I think Ronnie Stanley's going to get paid. You can see Ronnie Costanzo. Stanley's up there. I think Laramie Tunsil's up there. You can see Trent Williams. Trent, well, Trent Williams when he plays, yeah. yeah. Costanzo, Luan, Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, I mean. Costanzo, Ronnie Stanley might hit 20 million. Nobody has no tackle at 20 million yet. They, one, one, one I'm sure we're. One or both can get 20 million. I'm sure we're missing some, but I mean, yeah, I, I, left tackles, left tackles are so valuable in this league. It's not even funny. Yeah, they are so valuable. All right, give me one more. Okay. Kyle Van Noy, 4-3 defensive end for the New England Patriots. Kyle Van Noy, let's go to him. Let's go with Kyle Van Noy. Trey Flowers made $18 million when he signed with the Lions. So let's go 18 mil for Kyle Van Noy. God, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I'd pay Kyle Van Noy that much money. Good player. Really good player, but... 18 million is a lot of money. I would not give him that, no. All right, so there we go. That's Izzy Worth it. We do it every single Wednesday. Ooh, another left tackle. We forgot Teron Armstead. Oh, go ahead. Ooh, good one. For how much money, Matt? Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, like you said, like, we're definitely forgetting left tackles. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I Teron yeah, Armstead. Teron Armstead's up there also. Yeah, absolutely. Teron Armstead? A younger Jason Peters, yeah. But 16, I mean, you, yeah, you pay Toronto Armstead. You pay, you give him Toronto Armstead uh, 16, 18 million a year. You give him that. Yep. All right, so there we go. That's Izzy worth it. Every single Wednesday. Uh, all right. Matt Catarazzolo, Big J journalist, Evan Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.